morning, Middle Earth, and welcome to the second take of this second breakfast episode, because as soon as I finished recording it, I accidentally closed it without saving. So... (laughs) Welcome. In this bonus episode, I'm going to be answering questions that you guys submitted um, pretty much just on Instagram and Twitter. So if you aren't following the podcast on Twitter and Instagram, make sure to go do that at Tolkien About Pod. And I will be answering your questions about the Hobbit book now that I finished reading it and about the Hobbit movies before I watch them. So yeah, let's dive into these questions. For me, it's the second time. For you, it's the first time, but it's always going to be a fun time. So let's get going. Um, The first question actually comes from someone who wrote it into the email. Um, If you ever have something you want to submit to the email, you know, want to drop a note, say, hey, um, you want to share something with me that you're excited about finding, you know, that's related to the podcast or Lord of the Rings, you can do that. Tolkienaboutpod at gmail.com. And Kaylin, I hope I'm saying your name right, um, said, there is in fact a VeggieTales Lord of the Rings called Lord of the Beans. Have you heard about it? Yes, I have most definitely heard about Lord of the Beans. I'm so excited that it exists. Um, And then she also asks, or they, I don't know who you are, also ask if I will be, if I will be covering that at all, considering it's extended Tolkien universe content. Um, And just in that, you know, for that question in general of, you know, if you come across something, a movie, a musical, a YouTube series or something, and you're like, hey, this is kind of, you know, Tolkien universe. Are you going to cover it? Cartoon movies, the Russian adaptations, things like that. The answer is probably yes. I am really excited about all of these adaptations that have spurred from Lord of the Rings um, and Tolkien's greater works. So I will most likely be covering them and I will definitely 100% be covering Lord of the Beans. I'm so excited that that exists. Um, I'm really excited by all of the kind of more obscure works because I think it's going to make, it makes a work of fiction that wasn't always fun, a lot more fun and a lot more enjoyable to consume and talk about. All right. On Twitter, Ash asks, what was your favorite chapter? I can't remember, shoot, I can't remember the name of the chapter, but it's the, I really enjoyed the chapter where Smaug is attacking Lake Town and then Bard comes out of nowhere and kills him. Just because that was like a very, it was a very short chapter, but it was very eventful and impactful. I also really liked just, I guess, I guess it's not the whole chapter, then it's just the last paragraph of, I think it's a thief in in the night when Gandalf just shows up out of nowhere. (laughs) That's a good chapter. Riddles in the Dark is good. Queer Lodgings. A lot of the chapters were hit or miss, where it was either a really great chapter and super enjoyable, or it was a chapter where I I was like, I just didn't really care for this and not a lot happened and I still had to read about it. Luke asks, has your opinion of Bilbo changed at all since The Lord of the Rings? And if so, in what way? Um, I wouldn't really say my opinion has changed of him, more just that like I have a more complete idea of who he is as a character. Whereas in Lord of the Rings, I mean, I really like, I really love the character of Bilbo just as he was presented to me in Lord of the Rings. And so I do very much appreciate that. Oh my God, what was that? Did that show up on the audio? Uh, sorry, I just got interrupted by a firework. Anyway, um, I really appreciated Bilbo's like savage 
attitude when it came to how he was portrayed in Lord of the Rings. But with The Hobbit, I just have a more complete idea of who he is because that's who he is at the end of his journey and at the end of this adventure and all of the trials that he went through. I still enjoyed getting to see the more like softer nervous, anxious part of his character that we see in mostly like the first half of the book when the dwarves are knocking down his door and they're like, we're going on this adventure. And he's like, I don't have my handkerchief. That was all still really enjoyable to see, especially because then I got to see this transformation um, as he grew into the person that I really loved in Lord of the Rings. Grimling asks, and this person also has Tom Bombadil as their profile picture. Very much appreciate that. Um, What changes from the book do you anticipate PJ did with the movie adaptations? Well, I know he did a lot of changes, considering it's a book that would probably make just one normal length feature film, and they turned it into three long movies. Uh, In the previous recording session of this, I looked up the runtime of all of these movies. They're two hours and 40 minutes still. I was like, well, maybe they're more closer to the two hour mark, you know, considering that they broke this book up into three parts, you know, what? No, they're still as long as Lord of the Rings. So I know that there's the addition of a female character of some sort because I've seen pictures of this character. No clue what her name is or how her character relates to the story or or any of that. Um, I know that Legolas is in the movies. I don't know how he got there. And then I'm also just imagining that he, they, they just expanded on every single little detail that they possibly could. Maybe because we're familiar with Elrond's character from Lord of the Rings, maybe they did more with him. Um, and they gave him more of a plot line. I imagine that there's like a lot more expansion of the like action sequences and battles and, and all that. So I'm sure we'll see a lot of that. It'd be cool if they, and I, again, I imagine they did because they probably had to, um, to see an expansion of Mirkwood and the Wood Elves to get to see the, the like other set of elves considering we saw one side of who they are from the Lord of the Rings elves So it'd be really great to get to see those characters and those people. And then also the fact that he probably added a whole lot more characterization for each of the dwarves because um, it's a lot easier to do that in a movie versus writing, you know, 13, 14, I still don't know how many dwarves there are, individual descriptions for characters in a book. Um, It's a lot easier to just portray that on screen with really, you know, smart, talented actors. Beth Reekles asks, wait, Beth Reekles, is that the same Beth Reekles who's the author of The Kissing Booth, who has another Netflix adaptation of her books coming out soon? Huh, interesting. Anyway, Beth asks, (laughs) what do you hope to not see in the Hobbit movies? And I like this question because I got a lot of, you know, what scenes are you excited to see? What do you hope is in there? I hope, like I said, I know that there's a female character. I hope they didn't just add her in there for the sake of like, we need a love interest for someone. Because I got annoyed that the only reason they expanded on Arwen's character in the Lord of the Rings movies is because they're like, we need to have a love subplot, you know? So I hope she's not just there for the sake of being a love interest. It would be great if she was involved in the action. But I'm not going to hold my breath either. Um, I don't necessarily, like, I'm not necessarily going to hate this or or think it's bad. I think it'll just be annoying or it'll be kind of corny if there are any kind of like 
wink, wink, nudge, nudge moments that reference the Lord of the Rings movies, um, because I think those moments will just take me out of it and remind me that like, hey, we're not watching the Lord of the Rings movies. We're watching, you know, the Hobbit movies. It'll remind me of that. Like if there's, I'm already predicting there's going to be something about nobody tosses a dwarf. And, like, it might be humorous, but I think if they do that too often or, like, break the fourth wall, um, I might be like, okay, we get it. We get it. This is the this is a, a prequel for some other movies that you made 10 years ago. We get it now. Ryan asks, which aspect of the movies are you most looking forward to seeing visually? Action, drama, romance, or comedy? I am excited to see all of the action sequences just because it's always way more enjoyable to watch that on a movie than, than it is to read about it and being like, okay, wait, so he hit him with this kind of a sword and it hit him in the shoulder and he knocked back and they went to this part of the mountain and then, you know, where are they now? What side's winning? It'll always be way easier just to watch that unfold on screen. Um, however, I'm more excited about the comedic aspects because The Hobbit is a much more lighthearted, like dry humor book. Although now that I'm thinking about it, a lot of that is due to the fact that we're reading it. And so we have this like added bonus of getting to read these notes and asides from the narrator, which I'm not exactly sure how you can translate that into a movie of having these like little notes from the person telling the story when no one's actually telling the story, they're showing it to you. So a lot of the humor does come from that, but I'm still, I'm, I'm sure there will still be a way for a lot of these more comedic moments with like the way that Bilbo is and um, and like how he is and how hobbits are in general and his general dislike of, of anything adventurous and exciting. I'm sure there will be like funny moments between because there's 13 of them. Are there 13? 12 dwarves. So I'm sure there will be some comedic moments between them. Surely one of them, there's so many, will be like they will be designated comedic relief, I'm assuming. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to see the comedy, but it, I am interested to see how that will play out. And I hope they do a good job of playing that out because uh, reading it is a lot like dry, sarcastic humor, which isn't as easy to translate when you're just watching it. So yeah, uh, that's that's what I'm looking forward to. On Instagram, Nora asks, thoughts on the pacing compared to Lord of the Rings? And that was definitely something that really caught me off guard when I first started reading The Hobbit. Just the fact that like in The Fellowship of the Ring, it's 150 pages before they leave the Shire. It's a, and it, not not just that, it's literally like 50 pages before Frodo even leaves Bag End because uh, there's so much exposition. Um, whereas in The Hobbit, it's chapter two and at the start of one paragraph, they're leaving. And then by the end of the paragraph, they're in a totally different part of the land already. So like that was totally wild. I did expect a lot of pacing and tone differences between The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, considering The Hobbit is more like a, you know, it's a children's book. It's a bedtime story. But it was really, it was really great to like actually experience that rather than just being like, oh yeah, I'm sure they're different. Because, you know, obviously it's a, it's a short novel and it's a much more kind of like straightforward, simple quest and adventure as opposed to like, hey, we have to take this ring that's the source of all evil and we have to break into a land of impenetrable darkness and doom and throw it into a volcano. But also this ring will slowly eat away at your soul uh, throughout our journey there. A lot more straightforward. 
L. Berthon, Berthon, I. Berthon 94. Sorry, y'all, I'm going to butcher your usernames, but you probably know if I'm talking about you. Asks, do you feel like you got to know the dwarves besides Thorin at all? Nope. <laughs> um, and I don't think Tolkien could have. There were a couple other questions, too, kind of related to that on in terms of um, do you wish you could have you know, learn more about the other dwarves and things like that. I don't think Tolkien would have been able to do that without completely detracting from the main plot. It it would have been a tangent to go on for probably at least a few pages describing 13 different personalities, you know, being like, M. Bomber loved cooking, um, but he was very fat and pudgy. Um, Beaufort loves gardening and you know like it it would have taken forever and given that you know given what i know of of tolkien from lord of the rings i can imagine he would have easily gotten bogged down in those details and would have gotten he would have gotten distracted from writing about the main plot we would have gotten distracted from reading about the main plot um and i think it just would have taken away too much time i so no i don't know much about the other dwarves aside from the fact that bomber is fat Keely and Philly are the young ones, and therefore their eyesight is the best. And then Balin uh, had a couple cool moments where he was very, he was very like proactive in certain situations and being helpful, um, as opposed to the other dwarves who I don't know anything about. <laughs> M me lick 75 asks, do you like that Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit had different vibes? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it was also really, it was really nice. I felt like I was taking a break. I was really changing paces, um, going from something as like intense and heavy. And re- when I was reading Lord of the Rings, it was like really dense and slow moving at some points. Um, and then cover- when I was covering the movies too, there was a lot of not necessarily pressure, but like I definitely was working really hard to make sure that I was covering the movies enough because I knew how much everyone loves the movies. So it was really nice when I started reading The Hobbit, which is so much more like hearted. Um, it's also just easier to read. It was also, it was really nice <laughs> whenever I was like, oh, okay, I have to, I'm recording tomorrow for an episode. I need to sit down and read and take notes. That was a much more enjoyable experience when it was just like a 10 page chapter. My mother is so proud of me asks, what do you think was the most bombadilish moment in The Hobbit? A thousand percent that weird little chapter we called Queer Lodgings. <laughs> Where Gandalf is like, oh yeah, didn't I tell you I'm friends with this mythical ancient bear man? Um, we don't exactly know how he got to be a shape-shifting bear man, uh, but he's very secretive. He might kill us, so we have to be really careful. And then he's also like, okay, you guys stay here, enjoy, just don't go outside because I'm doing some bear stuff out there. I have some bear business to attend to. Um, so yeah, don't go outside or else you might die. And then the next day he's, he's back and he's like, yeah, I killed some morgues and a goblin. Uh, their heads are on a pike in my front yard. What was that nonsense? See, I'm convinced (laughs) that he wrote Bjorn and was like, I really like writing these random side characters, these random enigmas who just live in the woods by themselves and they could probably kill you, but they won't. And they could probably help us out a lot in battles, but they're not going to be super interested. Actually, now that I think about it, Bjorn does show up at the end of Battle of Five Armies. So at least he does do that. Whereas Tommy Tommy B was like, Goldberry, let's go get some tea. <laughs> Greta Yeager, Yeager, 
asks, Pony Neglect in The Hobbit versus Lord of the Rings. Do you think he got complaints and created Bill? You are dead on. And I don't know if you saw my tweet about this. I think uh, you submitted this question about the same time that I was tweeting this. So there is this tweet from user at Beijing Palmer. And the first half of it is basically like, it's like J.R.R. Tolkien writes a really dark, uh, traumatic story of war that's based on his experiences in World War One. But also, I would like to make it extremely clear that nothing bad happens to the ponies. And I retweeted this and basically said, that's really not true. Nothing bad happens to Bill the pony, a single pony. Nothing bad happens to this singular pony in Lord of the Rings. Probably because in The Hobbit, he kills off like two dozen ponies, right? It's like 13 or 14 ponies that get eaten by goblins uh, in like chapter four or five, which... Again, Tolkien did not need to tell us. He did not need to include the fact that the ponies got eaten by the goblins. He could have just been like, the ponies got spooked and ran away. You know, we, we didn't need to know that. But Tolkien was like, I want you to know that these ponies were viciously eaten and they had a very traumatic death. And then the next group of ponies that they get, the majority of them get eaten or, or killed in probably equally as a traumatic way by Smaug. I think it was something like four, four of the ponies escaped Smaug. So I think you are exactly right that Tolkien, after he wrote The Hobbit, he was like, oh my God, I just killed off like two dozen ponies. I need to make this up somehow. And so he wrote Bill the Pony, which is kind of the reverse, where it's this decrepit, malnourished, abused pony that you think probably isn't going to make it to the end of the story. But then he dies in the best possible way, in the best possible way. Yeah, Tolkien was like, I need to make up for all the harm I've caused with The Hobbit by creating our lord and savior, Bill the Pony. Dragonlance447 asks if I regret reading The Hobbit before Lord of the Rings. Hey there, it's Mary Clay from the future. I definitely meant to say this question asks if I regret reading Lord of the Rings before The Hobbit, because obviously I did not read The Hobbit before Lord of the Rings. Um, and I definitely don't. Um, I know that I, <laughs> that was my mistake. I thought that Lord of the Rings was written first and The Hobbit was written second. And that's what, because a lot of people are like, oh, that's like really cool that you decided to do that, do it in this order. And I'm like, no, I didn't decide to do it in this order. I thought that was the order. Um, but I liked how that turned out anyway, because I went, I went, I started immediately off with the most exciting part of this, of this story. Whereas I think if I had started with The Hobbit, I don't think it would have made for really interesting podcasting content. Like, I don't think the podcast would have grown to be what it is now if I had started with The Hobbit, because... I mean, if you go back and listen to those first couple episodes, I was really, you know, finding my feet and figuring out how to do a podcast and all that stuff. But it was easier because there was this really interesting, cool story that I was going through. Whereas with The Hobbit, not that it's not also interesting and cool, but it's just, it's a lot slower and there's just not as much, you know, meat to it as there is with Lord of the Rings. And people aren't necessarily as excited and passionate about The Hobbit as they are with Lord of the Rings. So no, I don't, I definitely don't regret doing Lord of the Rings first. I think that was the best way to kick off the podcast. Jojo asks, what scene do you need with like four E's, like need to see on the movie? I don't know. See, that's the thing is that there aren't really, and that's why I don't think 
I'm going to be too disappointed by the movie is because there's nothing really that I'm like super attached to with The Hobbit in terms of like characters or moments or anything that if they were to leave it out or something, um, I would be like really angered by (laughs) Faramir. I'm excited to see the dwarves and, and like all of their dynamics and the way that their characters are elaborated on and what like the actors do with them and all of that. So I think I need to see probably like that, you know, one of the first scenes of them coming into Bilbo's house and breaking down his door and totally ruining his life. And then I'm also looking forward to seeing the scene in Mirkwood when Bilbo kills all the spiders and saves the dwarves because that's a really great character moment for him. So I'm excited to see that. Yeah, and then, oh wait, I take all of that back. I forgot. I'm finally going to get to see and hear Smaug, voiced by Benedict Cumberbatch, which if you've been listening to the podcast since the beginning, you'll know that the like behind the scenes video footage of Benedict Cumberbatch in a mocap suit slithering around on the floor going, I hear you, I smell your breath, is one of my favorite videos in existence. And I'm slightly attracted to Benedict Cumberbatch in a mocap suit. It's okay. That was some of my only knowledge of the Lord of the Rings Tolkien universe before starting the podcast. <laughs> and now I I finally get to see it. <laughs> so I'm excited to see Smaug and see his scene. I guess it would have been the chapter called Inside Information where Bilbo and him are having this conversation. Oh, that'll be great. Cass Brown's here with the important question, who will be the hottest? Great question. Um, I imagine Keely and Feely because they're supposed to be the youngest. However, I imagine maybe some of the older dwarves might have some DILF energy. Let's go with that. Yeah. Emma underscore Bean5 asks, are you more nervous or more intrigued to watch since people have shared a lot of opinions? So when I was gathering these questions, I also got a lot of other Not questions, but just people saying, lower your expectations. I hope you're a fan of CGI. You're not going to like it. Be ready to be disappointed. So I'm here to tell you guys, I'm not nervous. So in answer to your question, Emma, I'm not nervous for these movies. I'm definitely more intrigued because I'm like, what possibly? First of all, on one hand, I'm curious as hell about how how did they make this book that's 250 pages into three movies? What did they do? What happens in these movies, these movies that are two and a half hours long each, not just like, oh, a cool 90 minutes. No, they're over two and a half hours long. There's three of them. What is possibly in these movies that makes them that length? On the other hand, I'm intrigued to see what what possibly happens in these movies that makes everyone hate them so much. And I'm kind of just thinking people don't like these movies because they were comparing them. They went into them with the same expectations that they hold the Lord of the Rings movies to, which for this community and this fandom, really high standards. Y'all love those Lord of the Rings movies. And they're good, don't get me wrong. I don't think they're the greatest movies ever made. I just think they're they're good movies, you know? I don't hold them to, like, a ridiculous standard. And I imagine that most of the fandom does. And that's why everyone has these really negative opinions of being like, well, 
the Lord of the Rings movies are just so much better and they just can't compare. And I imagine that a lot of those negative feelings had to do with being really disappointed and caught off guard that the Hobbit movies are just nowhere near the standard of the Lord of the Rings movies. I think the fact that I, I know that they are nowhere near the standard of the Lord of the Rings movies and also the fact that I don't hold the Lord of the Rings movies in a high standard means I'll be okay. So that's that's the other thing I want to get straight with y'all. <laughs> Don't worry. I get the impression that a lot of people are worried for me. These are going to be some fun episodes. Don't worry about it, okay? I know a lot of people don't like these movies. I really don't think I'm going to have a problem with them because I generally have low standards for movies anyway. One of my favorite movies is Clue, the 1985 movie adaptation of the board game. And that is not by any means the most brilliant film ever made. You know, I don't really have high standards for movies. My, my standards are like, was I entertained in that? Yes. Okay, great. Then I enjoyed it. So don't worry, y'all. I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm also going at y'all have set the bar so low. There's no way we can only go, we can only go up from here. We can only go up from here. It'll be a fun time. I'm not worried at all. I, I really think there's no way these movies can be that bad. And I really think, I, I doubt that I will dislike them as much as everyone else does. Cut to <laughs> like a month from now <laughs> when I'm knee deep in Hobbit movie coverage and I hate it. And then I will end on this question from Nora who asks, how long are you expecting the movies to take? Great question. So, <laughs> so when I started covering the Lord of the Rings movies, the original plan was to do three episodes per movie, theatrical edition only, and then that changed. So I know that movie coverage takes a lot more than I originally expected, but also I'm expecting that people aren't going to have as much to say and share about the Hobbit movies. So conservatively, I've estimated that I will have four parts for each of the Hobbit movies. I'm looking at my calendar now, which means I will be covering it through October 19th, which I think is possibly the day that's like near the day that Frodo like gets stabbed by the Nazgul or he wakes up in Rivendell sometime around then. Anyway, yeah. So at the very least, we are most likely going to be talking about these movies and covering these movies through October. But I think it's going to be a really fun time. I already have contacted a lot of really cool people to be guests. I think you're going to enjoy it. I think I'm going to enjoy it. It's going to be a fun time. Um, In terms of theatrical and extended edition, right now I'm just planning to do theatrical edition because I haven't, when I was doing the Lord of the Rings movies, I think it was like when I first started the podcast even, I was already getting questions about whether or not I was going to do extended edition of the movies And when I learned how beloved those are for the fandom, I did cover them. However, when I did a call for questions, um, I've had a few people over the past couple months ask me if I would do theatrical or an extended, but not a single person when I called for questions related to the Hobbit movies asked if I would be doing theatrical and extended. And that says to me that the extended editions aren't you know, what they were for the Lord of the Rings movies. So right now I'm not planning to do the extended editions. Maybe that'll be some extra content in the future. I don't know. Um, But yeah, that's, that's where we are. That's the plan. But again, like I said, it'll be a fun time. 
don't worry, if you hate the Hobbit movies, we're still going to have a fun time. As you're listening to this, this coming up Tuesday, we will begin coverage of the Hobbit movies. Um, I will be tweeting or announcing each week um, what portion of the movie will be covered in what episode so that if you are watching along, you can just watch that, you know, 40-minute segment or whatever it is. And if everything has worked out, knock on wood, with our scheduling, I'm recording this like a good couple weeks beforehand, I will have Tyler and Ethan of Bacon and Eggs on for the first episode. And then I believe they will be covering it on Bacon and Eggs coming up soon as well. So it's going to be a fun time. It's always, it's all, it's going to be fun. Is this me trying to convince you or is this me trying to convince me? I don't know. All right, I'm going to end this now and I'm going to make sure to save this recording unlike the first, (laughs) the first recording I did of this. Bye.